This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Ohio only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler. Sports gaming is provided in partnership with Dayton Real Estate Ventures, LLC, DBA, Hollywood Gaming at Dayton Raceway. Let's go to the bullpen with Adam the Bull on the Bet Rivers Network. We're talking with the great Terry Francona. I know everybody poo-poos baseball fights. They're like, hey, you go out there and everybody's just talking yeah. and shoving. But when you get out there, man, those guys are big. They they get after yeah. it. And when they get after it, man, look out. It makes you a little nervous. Robin Ventura still won't talk about Nolan Ryan to, to this day. He, he wants <laughs> nothing with that conversation. Listen to the bullpen with Adam the Bull on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, everyone, and welcome along to a new week of Betting Weekly Game Bet Match, the number one tennis betting show and podcast with your hometown sportsbook, Bet Rivers. Uh, looking ahead to three. It's a bumper three ATP Tour events this week, three 250 events all across all across the world. And uh, I'd like to say joining me is our senior ATP Tour handicapper, Sean Cav. A little bit later than usual today, Sean, because... Davis Cup action, players haven't been finished playing and the draws have been a bit, a bit late. Books are late and um, rivers are up late with their prices here and their odds. But um, we're here. I can see yeah. why. I, yeah, I can see why they're late because a lot of the players, well, some of the players, certainly the number one seed in Cordoba is still playing even as we speak in Davis Cup. So I can see why they can't really price it if they don't know what the top seed is going to be doing. You know, if he's losing at the minute in Davis Cup. So I can understand why there's no prices. We've got prices on the other two, but... Um, Cordoba's the really interesting one, actually, which is a shame we haven't got outright price, but we can still we've still got a lot to get through in this show. It's going to be a busy one. Yeah, it's going to be a busy one. Uh, before we move on to the um, tennis, the main talking points. How's your week? How's your, how's your day? What's what you what's, what's to moan about today? Anything? Anything really annoyed you or anything? <laughs> uh, yeah, actually, <laughs> my, <laughs> surprisingly, my little boy won man of the match. Uh, oh, that's brilliant! This this is his little man of the match award. He won that a few times that's before. Um, but I'm not happy about it. Why? I mean, I'm happy that he won man of the match, but the coach played him out of position. The coach played him in midfield. He's not, he's a good player and he's, you know, he's really skillful and everything, but he's, he's an out and out striker. He's like, he's not interested in any sort of backtracking and stuff, but he played him in like a, a box to box midfield role today. And a poor little thing was exhausted. He's not used to doing all that, all that backtracking. And he played someone who normally plays in midfield up front. So it was, it was all very, and they lost 3-1. So there was much consternation uh, on the sidelines from uh, certain individuals. Me. Um, it, basically, it was just me. The other parents yeah. didn't seem that bothered, but, uh, you know, I, I, I don't get it. I, I don't understand it at all. It's, 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 you wouldn't play someone like a Michael Owen in, in like a holding midfield role, would you? And then yeah, play, before, before then we... play Makaleli up front. It doesn't, it, it, it doesn't make any sense. But, but before, before we go any further, this isn't like yeah. the Essex Cup final for under 21 years. Your lad, how old's your lad? He's just turned nine. Oh, come on. <laughs> yeah, You've but... got to learn to play positions, different positions. It could be no. a grass, midfield again. No, he's not. He's got no, he's got, he's, he hasn't got any stamina. He's, he's short bursts. He's not a stamina guy. You know, if he was a horse, he'd be a five, six furlong sprinter. He wouldn't be a four and a half mile in the slog Grand National type sort of plodder. Um, so I'm not happy about it. If that happens again, there'll be, there'll be words exchanged. You, you, That's all you I can say. You've threatened moving the clubs. I wouldn't, I'm not, nothing's off the table, you know. 
I'm not, you know, it might be nine, but you know, these kids in the academies and that, they you know they were like five, six years old and they're playing in the in the academies and all how that. old's how old's the manager? The young man or the old man? No, probably about forty or something, I suppose. I don't know. Is he one of the dads? Any of the dads? Is he what, sorry? Is he the dad of one of the boys or nothing like that in the team? He, yeah, his 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 daughter actually plays in goal. But yeah, um yeah. yeah, it was it was slightly forced because of an injury, but there was it's it, it You it, don't see you don't see you don't play for your team. No, no, I'm not having this. Well, if I play a sport, I'm playing it and I'm playing to win. I don't care about the rest of the team. That's not, not, that's not, that's not my problem. If I'm playing up front and I've scored and we've lost 3-1, all right, I'm not that happy, but I'm not that bothered because I've, I've just sort of done my job. I'm not, I'm not your sort of, your team player, so to speak. I'm just... Annoying, annoying. Yeah, I know, but it's, it's just, it's annoying. It's just... It, it should. It just makes no sense. It, it didn't make any sense at all. But you know, I, I don't like to moan about these things, as you know. So um... well, no. Well, anyway, if anyone's looking for a budding nine-year-old, he's, he's going to be available <laughs> in the south end. There, you're looking for a striker. Score you 25, 30 goals a season. Lagan Calvert will be available in a very. Just don't play him in midfield. Don't so play him in midfield, or he's off. The dad's taking him. He's off. He's off. <laughs> he's off. Uh, without further ado, let's move on to the tennis this week. We have three tournaments, as we said at the top of the show. It's a bumper show. We're going to run through these as quickly as we possibly can to give you the best bets and the angles on the outright market. We're going to start off with the south of France, where Sean was this time last year, down in Marseille. It's a two fifty event. It's the Open thirteen in Marseille. Uh, a pretty good-looking field uh, is there, Herbert Hercash. Better than last year when I was there. Yeah, so then Herbert <laughs> Hercash won us last year when he was there. He won, not for us, but he was our most profitable player. He's the number one seed here this we week. We are Bonzi, didn't we? We are Bonzi, and uh, they could meet in the second. They could meet in, the, in round two. Those two. Yeah. Uh, before we look at the draw, and before we give you some prices on the outright markets, give us a little bit of the conditions. You have been there. You've seen it firsthand. What mm. do you expect here on the hard courts of Marseille? It's very hot. If, if you're thinking of going. Don't bother taking a jumper. It's about 400 degrees in there. It, that 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 sort of surprised me last year. Actually, it was, it was super hot in there. Um, it used to be played on a girth floor indoor hard surface that's kind of around about medium pace. But the draw sheet this year says acrylic on wood. Now, I'm not sure if that's the same thing or whether they've changed it because with all these indoor venues, they they operate as as something else for the rest of the year they do like basketball and all sorts of things at, at that arena so that they're laid differently every year so we, we're always guessing a little bit as to the speed all we can say really is what's happened in the past which is uh it averages 82 percent holds 73.6 percent first serve points won in the last seven editions uh 41 of the matches have featured a tie break so but but that could change you know it's 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 up to the the whim of the tournament director how they how they have it this year um, 51% of the matches in the last five years have gone over 22 and a half games. So no, no real trend there, but the slight trend to the overs and, and particularly in round one, I've noticed that the overs has cashed quite a lot in, in round one in recent years, um, in Marseille, not, not massive for underdog winners, uh, round about average 32% of the underdogs win. Uh, I'll talk about the trends in a minute when we talk about the outright. If we look at the outright winners, this. Some big names won this tournament. Big names. Herbert Her- Her- Hubert Herkash <laughs> won the tournament in 2023 last year. Rublev, Medvedev, Sebastian won it twice. Kachanov as well. So it's usually gone to a fancy player on the outright markets. And the fancy player this week in the draw, um, the four top seeds are already got buys through to the last 16. So they're automatically through to the second round. If it goes to seedings, you'll have Herkash against Massetti, Ugo Mbert against Davidovich Fikina, Felix Auger-Hadassim, who come back to a little bit of form last week against Karin Kachanov and Leheka against Dimitrov. But sandwiched between those, you have 
some uh, some dangerous opponents. If you're looking at the draw, Sean, um, would you say there's a more of an advantage to the top half and the bottom half? Probably slightly a little bit more advantage to the top half, would you say? I think it's a really open draw, this. Mm. Just looking at the sheet now, there's, uh, you, you could look at this and make a case for about 10, 12, maybe more of them. I don't think there's any real advantage, to be honest, but top half or bottom half, it's... It's it's a tough draw. There's, there's an awful lot of good players in it. An awful lot of players could win. Um, there have been several big price finalists here in recent years. As you said, that, that, that does tend to go to the, the better players. Six of the last eight champions here have been single-figure prices, but only four number one seeds have won it since 2010. No qualifier has ever made the final. Um, and as I said, there's several big price finalists. Bonzi last year, we had him 30-1. to 1. Uh, Pierre Aguez-Herbert, 66-1, to 1, three years ago. Kukushkin, 66 to 1 uh, five years ago and Kashanov won it as a 66 to 1 shot six years ago so there have been a few um, decent prices that have sort of cashed um, on the each way and I've, I've got my eyes on one each way here we'll just give you the outright prices currently with Bet Rivers her cash is the favourite 4 to 1 as I said he's been our most profitable player Already in 2024, and he was in 2023, but we're looking to fade him uh, on the outright market. Dimitrov is 8-1. to one. Uh, Kachanov is 7-1 to one now, but it's been money for him. Ugo and Burr, 8-1. to one. Uh, Korda, 9-1. to one. Orger Aliasim, double figures, 10-1. to one. Mahak, 16. Davidovich, Rakina, 16. 14-1. to Leheka, Mussetti, 18. And Shapovalov, uh, 18. So I'm interested to hear your thoughts, Sean, where the each way value is here and who you like in this draw in Marseille. Taking a chance on um, on Emil Rusevoire here, around about 25 to 1. Right. It's going to be. I, th- I thought he was going to be shorter than that, actually. I'm quite surprised he's that that big of a price. Um, if we look at what he's done on indoor hard in the last 10 matches at main level, very impressive stats. 107 service points, one and return points, one total, and a, and a hold, service hold and break total of 110. So very good numbers there. He should come here in... in, in Fine fettle. He's just taken Finland through again to the Davis Cup finals, but he hasn't he hasn't been too fatigued in the process. He played one quick singles and a quick double, so nothing too fatiguing. He's playing on indoor hard as well, so no no switch of surface and no no huge amount of travelling. So uh, he should be in in great spirits. Should, of course, he should have beaten Daniel Medvedev at the Australian Open, um, as we know that epic match that went on till about four o'clock in the morning. Prior to that, he made the final of the two fifty in Hong Kong in the first week of the season on a reasonably paced um, outdoor hardcore. So I think there's a lot to like about his chances. He's in the same section as, as her cash. Her cash was a little bit fortunate to get through to the final last year. Mikel Ema should have beaten him. I think it was in either the second round of the quarterfinals, but he failed to put away a, a match winning chance. Mikel Ema, her cash went on to win the title. Rusev always played three times against, against her cash one, one and, and the two others were lost in final sets. So three very close matches he's contested with her cash. So, I think if he gets through this first round against Van Asher, which is you know not going to be easy playing the French wild card, but Van Asher's been playing Davis Cup as well. Um, I think if he gets through that one, I think he's got a reasonable chance of uh, of going deeper at a decent price. So Ruzo Bore, who's in good form in the Davis Cup for Finland, he's around about 28 to 1 at this tournament here in Marseille. And Sean believes he is a great each-way bet. Well, relatively good each-way bet. Great, might be a bit optimistic. But a good each-way bet here. And he's in... I think he's the, the best of the prices, yeah. Yeah, he's in the top half of the draw. So he's in that. I think the top half is weaker, actually, Sean. I know Felix, Felix is coming back to some form. Kecharnov is coming back to form. I think Dimitrov is playing well. I think if I was looking for an each-way bet, I, I would go for that top half. And if you're going to... Uh, her cash at, at 4-1... to one, 
or, or someone else at a bigger price and Ruzavoy at 28 does make uh, a little bit of appealing there for the Finns. So Ruzavoy is our pick in Marseille at 28 to 1. Sean has two matches you want to talk about on the first round matches. And the first one is tomorrow at 11.20 a.m. Eastern time. And it's between two veterans of the tennis world uh, coming towards the end of their careers, I, I would have thought. Uh, Roberto Bautista Ogut and Richard Gasquet, two not trained. These two are very familiar with each other's games. They've played nine times previously before. And it's a Spaniard, Bautista Ogut, who leads 7-2. But the last time they did play was back in 2020. Uh, if you're looking at the outright market here, the money line, minus 220 for Bautista Ogut, plus 175 for Gasquet. The handicap, the spread is three and a half, uh, plus 104 for this to a good uh, giving up three and a half. Gasquet receiving three and a half is minus 132. And the total here is 22 and a half with over minus 103, under minus 124. There are 28 different bets available on the Bet Rivers website on this match and all the other matches on the three tours. Well, remember, you can watch live and bet live with Bet Rivers. If you place a bet on any of these matches, you'll be able to live stream the match. Uh, from the comfort of your own home, on your tablet, your mobile device, or your laptop. Um, Sean, what do you like on this one? It feels like this could be it's just too short a price for me and, on Bautista. I feel like it could be one for the, for the over 22 and a half games, in which there is a, a strong trend for in the early rounds of Marseille. It's a very strong trend, as I said before, of, of, of close matches, particularly in, in the first round. Um, I think this is being priced on the head-to-head, which is a, a considerable advantage for for Bautista are good. If you look at the service points, one and return points, one totals over their career series, 110 to 90 in favour of Bautista are good. So quite a big advantage. I think that's what the odds makers are, are going with here because Bautista are good. He hasn't been the same guy really since he, since he fell off that horse last year and, and, and broken his leg or whatever it was he did to it. And, you know, he was out for a very long time. Um, I think this one is, I think Gasquet will do better than his odds suggest. He was poor last week in Montpellier. Um, lost a match he should have won in the first round. Certainly coming to the end of his career now, 37 years of age. But at home here in Marseille, I feel like he's going to at least be competitive for uh, periods of this match. Um, four of their last five opening sets actually have gone to either 7-5 or 7-6. So it's been a case of Bautista Agut just grinding it out, seeing the, the threat up, early threat off from Gasquet. And using his supreme fitness, his his better fitness, you would say, than Gasquet to get the win. But what they've done at main level in the last 12 months is there's not a great deal between them. Bautista have got service points, one every 10 points, one tells 99, Gasquet 96. I just feel like it's Bautista isn't the player that he was when when he won all these matches against Gasquet. Neither is Gasquet, but I don't think there's as much of a gap between them as, as it would appear to be on the odds. So I think if you're betting in this one, I think overs over 22 and a half is, is a possible play. Set one overs is also possible. As I said, four of the last five opening sets have gone to either 7-5 or 7-6. Or if you want a really big prize, go for Bautista Agut to win it 2-1. I feel like it's... I don't think this current Bautista Agut is just going to turn up and waltz through this easily. I think there'll be some sort of resistance there. So that's where I'm looking at in this one. 
Yeah, and obviously the French do well in the, the home tournaments, some of them, and these lesser tournaments, not so, not, not necessarily in the French Open itself, the pressure's on them, but uh, in these, sort of these lower-level tournaments, the French do well, so there is an incentive to do well in front of your home crowd, so that may inspire Richard Gasquet, and not an official pick, I don't, is that not official pick, Paul? It's just the leanest one, yeah, this is the, yep. the, the second match that I, I was interested in in Marseille. So Aline, for that one, that's 11.20 Eastern time. So if you want to play any of those markets that Sean mentioned there, head to the Betbridge website. You've got to 11.20 a.m. on Monday to place those bets. Another Frenchman is action is Gregoire Berrer up against another Spaniard, Alessandro Davidovich-Fikina. Um, Berrer is not in very good form. If you look at his record, he's only won one of his last six matches and he's not at all playing well. Uh, Davidovich-Fikina is very inconsistent. He's got a, on, on his days, an extremely talented player, but he does have too many off days. Uh, the prices here are minus, uh, minus 148 for Davidovich-Fikina, who leads 1-0 in the head-to-head. Berrer is plus 118. The spread is 1.5, minus 109 for Berrer, receiving the start, and minus 117 for Davidovich-Fikina, giving up the start. And the total, again, here is 22.5 again, with over minus 115, a small favourite with under minus 109. I said they've met once before. It was back in 2019 in Marrakesh on a, a clay court. And Davidovich won a tight match, 6-4 uh, in third. There has been money for the Spaniards in the last hour or so since the Lions come out. Uh, he's now down to minus 148. And there is a little bit of a negative towards Berrer, the Frenchman, because his form coming into it isn't that great. Um, can he overturn that form? Uh, or do you think this will go... The way that the money has gone for for Davidovich Fikina. I'm surprised there's been money for Davidovich mm. based on his indoor hard record, which is absolutely awful. Look at the last 12 months, indoor hard main level. Gregoire Barre, a 103 service points, one return points, one total, and a 107 hold break total. 88% holds of serve. Davidovich, last 10 matches, 2-8 win-loss and a 91 total. Uh, and a hold break total of 77 60%. He's only held serve 60% of the time uh, as Davidovich Fakina on indoor hard. His whole career, 17 wins, 24 losses, 41% win rate. And he's lost 13 of his last 15 completed matches. So I'm struggling to see where this, this money for Davidovich has come from. He's, he's not played since, I don't think, since the Australian Open where he lost a bad one to Bourges, didn't he? Yep. So he's coming in cold. Barrere is very much attuned to indoor hard. We know he likes playing in France on indoor hard, highly motiv- motivated playing at home. He was unlucky to lose to Shevchenko last week was uh, Barrer. So, I mean, the stats, there's a, there's a world apart between these two on indoor hard. It's, I don't understand why you back Davidovich for Kin. He's not, there's, there's, he's done nothing on indoor hard that would be, make you feel like he's a good favorite here against a, a motivated home player who plays his best tennis indoors in France. So, Given that Barrer holds so often 88% holds of serve, the handicap certainly appeals. Um, so for me, either take Barrer to win the match or take maybe a small handicap like two and a half or something like that. Um, that's where I'm going here. I mean, I'll just keep it simple and just take Barrer. Um, on the indoor hard stats, that's, that's certainly value. Well, currently on in the world, currently the best price in the world is with on Davidovich Vikin is with Bet, uh, with Bet Rivers. And okay. Bet Rivers are are being very careful with Barrera. They're, they're plus one eighteen, but I think that I'm not surprised. I mean, it's it, you know you, you look at these stats, you should have the prices either way around, really. But I think the money will come here. I I, I don't expect this uh, this minus one forty eight to hang around too long. I think that the money will come for the the Spaniard here. So if you are going to bet Barrera, 
Is he going to be an official pick for us here at plus 118? Yeah, on these indoor odd stats, I'm, I'm happy to take that as an official play. Yeah. Well, it's going to be an official play here, but I do think that the market will will get bigger in price. So if you if you if you want to hold out a little bit, you might get a little bit more juice in your price here. And this match is actually a day later. This isn't on Monday. This is on Tuesday. So you have got a bit of time. You can either go now, the plus 118. Usually when Sean does put up a selection, it usually gets heavily supported. So it's entirely up to you. Or you can wait a little bit, and I think the price may get a little bit bigger. So uh, it's entirely up to you, but we do believe Barrere offers a little bit of value here against David Ovechkina. Two matches in France. They're both France, France, France v. Spain affairs. Okay, let's move a few thousand miles away now over to the States, where we have a tournament. It's a hard-talk tournament in Dallas. Um, before we look at the draw and before we look at the runners and riders, what are we going to expect over here in, in Texas, in Dallas? Yeah, so this is the last time that this is playing as a 250. Uh, its current venue, which is a Southern Methodist University on a quick lay-cold indoor hardcore with Dunlop ATP balls. It's been upgraded to an ATP 500 next year and moving to the um, Dallas Cowboys training facility complex, a much bigger complex um, so this is the last time you can catch it at the Southern Methodist Uni. Um, there's a hint of altitude here. I think it's about 175 meters. Uh, and the two editions so far, this is its third time uh, on the tour. They've seen it average 87% holds and 76% first serve ones. First serve ones? First serve <laughs> points one. And 52% of the matches have featured a tie break. Uh, and 57% of the matches have gone over 22 and a half games. So very strong trend towards uh, tie breaks, uh, holds of serve, overs, all that stuff. Mm. Um, not been a great tournament for underdog winners. It's only only 28% on average of one so far in the first couple of years. So if you're betting in this tournament, you need to kind of be looking at, at the overs. But looking at this field, I'm looking at the wrong draw. If I was looking at the right draw, it would help. <laughs> looking at this field, there's not that many big servers in it this no. year, like Shelton and... Um, you know, one or two others, but not, you know, the, the Isners and the Apelkas, obviously they're not there, but it, it is pretty quick conditions. The other thing that I perhaps should have mentioned a few minutes ago is that just check on your players before you, you bet them they about their Davis Cup situation. Because a lot of these players, particularly in Marseille and Cordoba, and one or two here as well, have, have played Davis Cup and you have to look at where they've come from, what they've done in Davis Cup and sort of check their fatigue level. So this week can be a little bit tricky, but it's quick conditions in uh, in Dallas. Yep, quick condition. You look at the previous winners, that that sort of backs that up. I mean, you said the Pelkeries won it twice. Wu last year won it. Was shot with winner there. That was when it was in New York. It, it moved. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah sorry. But yeah. You, you've had uh, Ran, it's just won it like three or four times. Nishioka. Uh, Nishikori, sorry. Um, Anderson, Kevin Anderson. I know it's at different venues, but it, it, you, yeah. it, it's got that kind of, you look at previous winners, you're looking for automatically for people who are, who are big servers. So, that obviously yeah, is, 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 a, is a factor there. And it's, it's a factor on the, the outright betting. Uh, we're going to come to that in a minute. But let's give you the draw. Um, four CD players all the way through to the top four seeds. They're through to the last 16, exactly the same as the tournament in Marseille. And three of them Americans. Uh, the number one seed is Francis TFO. Number two seed is Tommy Paul. Number three seed is Ben Shelton. And number four is Adrian Menorino. Is that an unbelievable year so far um if you look at the the way the route the way it should go if you're looking at seedings it'd be tfo against purcell uh the number six seed purcell manorino against christopher eubanks who's number five jordan thompson against ben shelton and dominic kopfer 
against Tommy Paul. Obviously, there are some dangerous floaters in there. I'm sure it won't go to that way, but that's it should go. If you went to the seedings, that's where you would be. Uh, let's review some outright prices. Ben Shelton is plus 450. I can understand why he's the favourite here. I, I, I can. And, and, but he's in the bottom half of the draw where he's alongside second favourite or joint favourite. Tommy Paul is also plus 450. Francis TF, I'm not in the best of form. He's $5. Uh, Manorino, probably the form horse in it, past 650. Christopher Eubanks, 11. Thompson, 12. Mickelson, 16. Nishioka, 18. Giron at 20 to 1. Um, so where do you see the value here then, Sean? Because I think it's it looks quite a tough draw. I think on paper, you'd say the top half would probably be a little bit easier than the bottom half because you've got Shelton and Paul in there. But there's not really much quality around in this draw, is there? Yeah, it's a it's a tricky one. I'm taking another twenty eight to one chance here. Sure. Um, Interested in? Yeah, I'm taking a punt on uh, Dominic Kopfer here, around about twenty eight to one. Right. He's in the 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 fourth Paul quarter Paul. alongside yeah. Tommy Paul. You know, he's had his fair share of injury problems as as Dominic Kopfer, but he seems to be right back on track now. He won the Canberra Challenger uh, a few weeks ago, then played pretty well against Verev in in Melbourne in the Australian Open, lost in four pretty tight sets. Again, like Roosevelt, he comes here in, in fine spirits, having won his Davis Cup match, uh, a big one and a good one as well. He beat uh, Fabian Marijan in Hungary. So he's gone there to, to the opposition crowd in the hostile conditions, if you want to say that, as hostile as tennis gets anyway, um, and, and come up with a good win, straight sets win over, over Marijan. The other thing I like about Kopfer, he's got a really good record against big servers, which could come in extremely handy if he does have to play Ben Shelton in, in the last 16. You know, he's got an 8-4 and four win-loss record against the big servers in my database. He's beaten the likes of Apelka uh, several times, beaten Karlovic a couple of times on indoor hard as well, beating Cressy, beating Raonic. So he enjoy, he's a player that does enjoy the challenge of, of, of facing these big servers. And I think a lot there's a lot going for him here. Um, current form's good, as I said. He's come here in, in good spirits, does have a good record against big servers. He's beaten Tommy Paul in the past as well. So for me, he's the, he's the outstanding candidate if you're looking for a big prize that that could um, that could go deep in this tournament. So cop for yeah. Do you think that the uh, the Americans have been overvalued here by the books? I mean, Shelton plus dominated by Americans. The top three: Shelton four fifty, Paul four fifty, TFO five dollars, Newbanks eleven for four, the fourth favorite. I mean, fifth favorite. Sorry, from what I've seen we'll come so on far, to him in a minute, but yeah, what I've seen so far this year on all four of them. I mean, I wouldn't, you wouldn't be betting any of them. TFO is in is in no sort of form. Split up with his coach Wayne Ferreira uh, a little while ago. Not hundred percent sure what the story was behind that, but has looked very very lacklustre in in recent times. He, for me, he's not been the same player since he lost that U.S. Open match against Shelton when he was mm. he was favourite and he just didn't show up. Um, since then, he's not he's not really been the same man. Um, Tommy Paul is very hard to win with. You know, he's only won one tournament at main level in his career. And he's every week, he's not every week, but a lot of weeks, he's in the top sort of three, four, five, six in the betting, isn't he? And he's 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 very hard to to actually get a title out of. Mm. Um, you know, he did it again at the Australian Open, didn't he? With good performance against Draper, then lost to Kekmanovic. He's not the most consistent. I, I, I don't feel like I could back him at that sort of price. Um, and Shelton, disappointing, really, it, it, at the Australian Open, had a chances to beat Manorino and set up a match with Djokovic, which everyone would have loved to see, but um, didn't get it done. So, and Manorino, he's just played Davis Cup for France. 
So we'll see what sort of state he turns up in. So I, I think the four favourites, the four seeds anyway, I don't think I'll be backing any of them with any no. real confidence. Shelton, if you had to push me, I'd probably take Shelton out of those four, but not with massive confidence. No, they do look uh, vulnerable. They're not in great form at all. So I, I think the, the sports books have been a little bit... Uh... Careful, because the patriotic money might be coming for the American players here, and it's dominated by American players at the top end of the market. Uh, we, talking, we mentioned you, Christopher Eubanks, and these are the match you want to talk about tomorrow, the first mm. match. Uh, now, these all these this tournament starts at 1pm. Obviously, it's stateside. You you won't have to get up nice and early. You'll be able to... Your usual day, 1pm, is the first match, Eastern time. And that's the match we want to talk about here, is Christopher Eubanks up against Vukic. Now, this is an interesting one for me, because Christopher Eubank is minus 195, a very likeable player off the court, a very likable player with tennis betters here with Bet Rivers at minus 195. Vukic is plus 155. The spread is two and a half. Vukic receives two and a half, minus 112, giving up two and a half. Eubanks at minus 113. And the total here is a very high 23 and a half with over minus 109, under minus 117. They've met seven times before. And unlike some of the head-to-heads, this one is quite it's it's relatively interesting and it's relatively important, but it's very important because five of those matches were last year. And in those five, two challenger events, and five of those matches were last year, and four of them, Vukic won. He's won his last four matches uh, against uh, Eubanks here. Uh, the one thing I would say is, well, there's been a lot of tie breaks when these two plays. If you look at their opening sets, a lot of tie breaks, a lot of overs in the opening sets. So no surprise to see 23 and a half as the line here. But Christopher Eubanks, minus 195. I mean, that seems, I wouldn't touch that with your money, John. I wouldn't touch it with your money either. I mean, it's <laughs> it's... It's not a good price, is it? Wow. You can kind of see why, in in a way, that they've priced it like that. Vukic is in pretty awful form at the minute. He's done nothing since. I mean, his last match win was, what, October against yeah. Kabayash Bayana on, on a hard court. Hasn't won since then, so poor form. Um, but you couldn't, back, you, you couldn't back Eubanks in this particular head-to-head. As you said, it's overall 5-2 to Vukic. Um, and a service points one and return points one advantage to him. 105 to 95. So a substantial advantage in those statistics as well as the, the overall head-to-head. Now, Vukic has held serve 91% of the time against Eubanks. Eubanks has only held serve 81% of the time, which is quite surprising when you think about how these two play. You would expect, you know, a lot of tiebreaks. Yeah, yeah, there have been, but 81% against Vukic, it's, you would expect better than that from Eubanks. Vukic has obviously got a he obviously enjoys playing Eubanks. He's obviously got a real good read on his serve and he, he enjoys the, the rest of the, the matchup as well. Eubanks only won 29% of return points against Vukic. He, he doesn't win too many more than that as a general rule anyway, Eubanks. His return game is awful. Um, set one over 10 and a half has cashed six of the seven times they've met. So that would be the obvious bet over 10 and a half, which I think is a plus 140, plus 145 chance with bet Rivers. Um or alternatively, take, you could take Vukic at um, plus two and a half games on the handicap at uh, 1.9 minus 1.1.1. That's the two bets that I would I would be interested in there. Um, the, the obvious one is the set one overs, but you could I would be perfectly happy to, to recommend Vukic on the handicap or, or just Vukic you know, on this matchup. Yeah, 28 different markets available, Bet Rivers, 1 p.m. start. They'd uh, head across, you won't find a better array of tennis markets where you have sportsbook in America than you will find on the Bet Rivers website. So uh, we think Vukic is going to give him some problems, plus two and a half, or maybe even the overs on the first set, which has come in 
pretty regularly in these matches between these two. And it's very important because they have played a lot last year, you know, five times last year. That's another And all on hard, yeah. Yeah, and when we were sort of talking about the head-to-head with the um, the Gasquet and uh, Batista Good match in, in Marseille, I mean, the last time they met was four years ago. So that shows you how relevant mm. this one is compared to that one. So uh, take a look at that. Uh, the final tournament uh, this week is in Cordoba. It's uh, in Argentina. It's on the clay court there. It's the Argentina, the, sort of the South American for swing now of the clay court the golden also. swing yeah yeah um you ever fancy going out to one of the leagues over there to the, the argentinians or, or rio or somewhere i've been to buenos aires i watched the davis cup match there argentina against italy a few years ago which was yeah it was good yeah i was the one of the only ones in the in the whole place supporting italy um because i had a bet on italy uh didn't it didn't go down too well amongst the locals i can assure you so I don't know whether I'd be too welcome back at uh, Parque Sarmiento in the, in Buenos Aires, but um, yeah, answer to your question, yes, I, I I would love to go out there and watch. I don't know why I'd like to go out there this week because I'm, as I'm about to mention, it is insanely hot out there, really, really hot at the minute. So I don't think I'd, I'd fancy that too much, but um, yeah, I'd love to go on the Golden Swing. Unfortunately, I, you know, I don't have that much uh, that much time because it's like a month long, isn't it? I think if I said, you know, popped into the kitchen and said, oh, Natasha, I'm just just off to the Golden Swing. I'll be back in, uh, what, end of Feb? Yeah. Early March? I don't you know, take the boy good. out there, play for Boca Juniors or something. Get a game. As long as I don't put him in midfield, you'd be all right. <laughs> <laughs> I, could, I don't think I could, he could cope with 38 degrees either. But, um, yeah, it's, I think it's a, a great part of the season, yeah. So, go on and tell us about the, the conditions here before we go on to the... Because we've got them. We haven't got any outright markets on this one, unfortunately. So, uh, Bet Rivers, uh, we wait, we're filming this quite late today. And we're waiting for the price of the... There's obvious reasons why there's no lines up there, which Sean will come on to. Uh, but when you do head across, we'll break down the draw. We'll look at some sort of potential, which we don't know any uh, any price yet. We do have two matches to talk about. Uh, you might as well mm-hmm. tell us about the conditions, Sean. It's going to be hot, as you said, yeah? Yeah, very important. There's a lot to kind of cover about the conditions here. So it's 428 metres of altitude in Cordoba. So it plays a bit quicker than your normal sea level clay event. But the, the players have said that the balls are quite a little bit heavy, so they do slow it down a little bit. But it features more tie breaks than your average clay event. Um, 38%, if you can c- compare that with next week, Buenos Aires um, and Rio the week after. Both of those are 30% tie break matches. This is 38%. So just 1% fewer than Madrid. A lot of people will recall um, seeing the quicker conditions in Madrid at altitude on the clay. This is kind of similar. It obviously features a very, very similar amount of um, of tie breaks as well. It actually features more tie breaks than Adelaide, um, on, which is generally regarded as one of the quicker conditions of the year. And 50% of the matches last year went to a tie break. So those are interesting numbers. Um 49% of the matches have gone over 22 and a half in the five editions so far. But the really interesting thing is that this is the best tournament of the year for backing underdogs. A, a, a stunning 46% of them on average have won at this tournament in, in the five editions that we've had so far. In every single one of those five editions, if you just backed every underdog blindly, you'd be in profit every single year. So that's that's something to think about for sure. The other thing to think about is the weather. It's it's as I said, it's very very hot. Today it's only thirty four degrees. Monday thirty seven. Tuesday thirty seven. Wednesday thirty eight. So, the reason that the, the the books haven't priced this up yet is because the number one seed has has just finished playing. He's lost actually mm. to Skatov in the Davis Cup. They're playing that in Rosario, which is I think about three or four hundred miles away. Also very, very hot there. And, and Serendolo said after his match that he won, 
the other day. He said, it's very hard to play with this temperature. I was dying. So that was... And he's a local lad. And he's he's from Buenos Aires, yeah. yeah. So he's, you know, used to these kind of temperatures. But it's going to be so, so hot. Thursday, it's going to break a bit with thunderstorms and go down to a, you know, a cool 34. Um, so the first three or four days, you know, really, really hot. So that's that's something to think about. And a lot of these players have played Davis Cup as well and on different surfaces. Mm. Um, the other thing to think about is is the trends. Um, qualifiers do have a strong record here, but in these in these conditions, these really hot conditions, it's hard to see a qualifier battling it out over two matches in 35, 36, then going on to win the main draw as well. That doesn't seem likely in, in this heat. Um, the number one seed hasn't won the title yet. But there's been three Argentinian winners and three finalists from five editions. And there hasn't been a single finalist that doesn't speak Spanish. So yeah. n- unless somebody, you know, uh, knows Spanish that I don't know about. But um, basically, Argentinians and Spanish speakers, they, they certainly rule the roost here as far as um, as far as Corda was concerned. Alcaraz won it last year. Casper Ruz won it in 2022 and 2020. Diego Schwartzman was the last home player to win it and it's dominated by the Argentinians on the top seeds uh, four seeds again but got biased through to the last 16 so they Alcaraz didn't win it last year did he I've, got a, oh, what have I do? I've looked at the yeah, Alcaraz won it in 2023 didn't he I'm sure so. I did I'm sure he did anyway I'll come on to that well you, we'll answer the question I'll find there I've written the head to I've written the last 2023 Alcaraz Rude Schwartzman Rude anyway we'll find that and I've got Bayez Ramos Serendolo Garrett and Londero what have I done then I've looked at the wrong tool probably at Buenos Aries must have looked, I've put the Argentinians Which anyway. Next week. Well, next, well, I'm, I'm getting ahead of myself for next week, so uh, anyway. <laughs> next week. I was thinking, I was thinking, Casper Rude, my can't speak Spanish. What's going on about? I think it is, he won't care. I don't know. That's Buenos Aires you're looking at there. I'm, I've done the wrong tournament. I knew it was in Argentina. I'm not, you know, I'm not very good at geo- geography. They're not a million miles Aires. away from each other. Yeah, I'm, I'm all right. And let's have a look at the draw. Uh, number one seed is short said they're Serendulu, Francesco Serendulu. He got beaten in Davis Cup, but he's the number one seed here. He's got a buy. Uh, also, the buy Sebastian Baez. He's the defending champion then, yeah, Sebastian yeah. Baez. He's he's the second seed, number two seed. Echeverry is number three seed. He's in the top half with Aaron Duda. Number four seed is Sebastian Offner, the Austrian. I don't think he's going to like the, the Austrians are going to be used to the no. conditions here. Um, the, the, if he goes to seed in Aaron Duda, will play Kabiash Bainer. Echeverry will play Altmaier. Hanferman will play Offner. And Tabilo will play buyers, but obviously there's some very, very dangerous opponents in there. It's very hard for you to um to predict the winner because we haven't got any odds. Um, but if you it's really, hard anyway, even if we did have odds. Yeah, I know. But if you were if you were looking at someone on the draw, if you were sort of leaning towards someone now, any any sort of area where you think there might be some value or, or a weaker section of the bracket. Yeah, I mean, in this heat, you, you've got to say who who wants this. I mean, a lot of players won't, will they? It's no. you know, they've got to play the first two rounds, some of these guys, not the ones with the buy necessarily although they'll have to probably have to play one but they're gonna have to play the first round at least if not two in in really really hot conditions um argentinian players do look like the obvious choice um pedro cashin is from cordoba I, I quite like his chances i haven't seen the prices yet if i can get about 25 to 1 or so 20 to 1 something like that on, on pedro cashin i'd be interested he's not in great form which is which is good as far as the the price is concerned you know he's certainly got a good chance of beating ramos um, in the first round, and but a lot of these, you know, a lot of these could win this. I mean, as you said, I don't fancy the the Europeans, the likes of Altmaier, Hanfman, Offner. You know, are these guys going to be able to cope with thirty seven, thirty eight? Maybe, but you would you would prefer a, a South American, I think. 
Um, the number one seed is in no sort of form, Serendolo. He, he won his first Davis Cup rubber and then just lost a, about 20 minutes ago, as I said, to Skatoff in his, his second one. Um, you know, Argentina in a bit of trouble in that tie because Echeverry lost his first um, match as well. So they're going to have to try and turn that around. The other thing about Serendolo and some of the other guys that are from Buenos Aires is that it is Buenos Aires next week. Last year, Serendolo... Alcaraz won it, didn't she? Alcaraz won it. So you were looking upon Serendolo. And Kasparud won it too. <laughs> right, okay. So Serendolo retired in the quarterfinals in Cordobella here last year and, and got a bit of stick because he, he, was, he was clearly saving himself for, for Buenos Aires next week. So I think you've got to look at the Argentinians generally, but the, the two that I quite like, I haven't seen the odds, like I said, Cashin, and I quite like Diaz Acosta as well. But there's a lot of these clay courts in, in with the chance. Argentinians I'd go for, I would certainly avoid the, the sort of Northern Europeans. Yeah, uh, often there is falls into that category in number four seed, uh, and he'll be amongst the favourites. But I don't and he's playing on indoor hard in Davis Cup right now, often. He's not going to like the conditions here. Uh, let's have a look. It's two matches though. We do have some match bets. Um, and you, yep. and you like the, and we're talking about the tournament for underdogs. I'm sure that you'll be giving some thoughts on these underdogs. So the first one we're going to talk about is uh, a battle between Brazil and Bolivia. So two South American players, Tiago Thiboff Wild, up against Hugo Delian. Um, Seaboth Wild is minus two dollars of it on the money line to win this. Delian is plus one fifty. And if you look at Seaboth's what record uh, this year, this year is absolutely dreadful. He's only won one match in qualifying in Adelaide. He doesn't want a main draw tournament. I don't think he's even won a set uh, this year in, in in a main draw. And he took Rublev to five, didn't he, in, in the Australian Open? But other yeah. than that, yeah, he's not. But I think that's probably why he's been priced up this price. Minus two, apart. other than that, he's done nothing. And the head-to-head is 3-2 to Delian, uh, and they met twice last year, and Delian won them both, all on clay. Um, so minus $2, plus 150. We haven't got any props yet, and we haven't got any um, any other markets, but they will be available on the BetRes website. And the tournament starts at 9 a.m. tomorrow. So, um, Sean, now, hey, I mean, you said it's a tournament for underdogs, mm. a bit underdogs. Delian looks a nice underdog here at plus 150. Yeah, he's won with with obvious chance, yeah. Be a nice story if he... If he... I happened to win this tournament, Delian. You know, because he's had a fair bit of time away from the tour recently. He had a he had a bad injury when he was at his highest ranking, which was unfortunate for him. And then his father became seriously ill as well, so he took time off um, for for that reason. Um, and now he's back playing well again, and and he became a dad of of twins about a week or so ago, Delian. So hopefully, from his point of view, things are, are kind of on the up. As you said, he's won his last three against against Saboth Will, two of which came at altitude. One of them was here last year in Cordoba. The other one was in Santiago. Um, he ended up making the semifinals here in Cordoba last year as a qualifier. So he's a player that has gone well at altitude numerous times, Delia. Um, the head-to-head, uh, 4-3, as you, as you mentioned, uh, to Delian. A slight advantage to Delian, as you would expect in the service points, one of return points, one tails, 101 to 99. Um, and Delian was a decent favourite for all three of their th- those three recent meetings that he won. He was a, a good favourite. Now he's underdog. Um, as you said, it's not on form because Sabot's only won one of his last ten matches. But you know they were all on hard courts. He's he's certainly more of a clay quarter. Um, Sabot, generally speaking, but I don't think we can ignore the odds on on Delian here. So it's just Delian for me. Yeah, Delian on the money line plus one fifty. I agree with that play. I think it's a nice play. And the underdogs, as Sean has said. Brilliant, brilliant record in this tournament, Cordoba. If you bet them all blind in the last three years, was it, Sean? Then you would have made a profit. All five years it's all been on top. Years. Yeah. Uh, the final match on a bumper 
uh, game bet match um, today is the match between Christian Garin. I mean, he's slid down the rankings at an alarming rate, Christian Garin, the Chilean. Uh, he's minus 175 against Sabata Morales. Oh, mate, Sabata Morales. He's plus 136. Um, you've been quite negative about Sabata Morales on this show every time we've spoken about yeah. him. And, and uh, I'm, I think you might be liking him today. Well, it's horses for course, isn't it? I don't, I don't like him on on hard. Certainly not indoor hard. Um, but yeah, this time of year is is his time of year, really. Um, two players here, very much out of form. Um, but I do like the price on on Zapata. You know, Garin's in one of his slumps again. He, he he does this, Garin. I think he's had a lot of injury problems over the last sort of couple of years. Um, he's he's currently on Davis Cup duty in Santiago, but they're playing on hard courts there. And they're nowhere near finished with that tie. So he'll obviously, while he's not actually played, he wasn't picked for singles or doubles. So he's, he's been a bit of a passenger, really. Um, but they're playing on hard, so he's obviously going to be hitting on hard. He's, he'll be practicing, obviously. He won't be playing on clay. He's obviously hitting on hard court. So he's got to switch surfaces. And it, as I said, that tie is nowhere near finished yet. So he's got to hot-foot it from, um, from Santiago, Chile, to Cordoba which is not going to be that easy to do. Uh, so you would think he's going to have hardly any time to prepare for the the clay courts. Last time he played on, on clay, which was um, a couple of weeks ago, I think it was. Yeah, a couple of weeks ago at the Punta del Este Challenger. Very, very poor loss to, to Marco uh, Cecchinato, who himself has been in dreadful form in, in recent times. Cecchinato beat, and Cecchinato beat him uh, three and two. Um, and I think he only won one point on his second serve. Garin in that match one of 12 I think it was so no sort of form and he, he did say actually Garin a, a week or two ago what was his quote um, the start of the year has been difficult in every sense but I trust the process that was before he lost to check in Arto. so no sort of form at all for, for Christian Garin so Patrick Morales has got to start playing because he's got a lot of points to defend here he had a very good golden swing last year semi-finals in Buenos Aires uh, semi-finals in Rio as well so he's obviously going to have had more time to prepare. He lost early, didn't he, in um, Montpellier last week to Lestienne. So he should be there in, in good time to have at least a, a couple of days to prepare. Last 12 months, clay stats, there's nothing in it at all. Uh, main level, both got service points, one and return points, one total of 100. So I'm kind of struggling to see why Garen is priced as he is in these circumstances. So I'm happy to take um, Zapata. Zapata, Zapata beat as well the last time they played on clay. Sorry? Zapata beat him as well the last wow. time they played on clay. Plus 136, a nice price of Garen who slid down the world rank. He's down to just inside the top 100, uh, 89 at the moment. He was a top 25 player, wasn't he? Well, that must have been in the top 25 Garen at some stage. I think uh, he was 17 at one stage. Well, yeah. I, I used to like him in these tournaments a couple of years ago. He was like he's my a go-to good, man yeah, in these sort of tournaments. So he maybe won, four he, years ago. He? he won Rio. He's, he's, he's definitely got the better pedigree. You would say at his best, he's the classier player without a doubt, but he hasn't been at his best for quite some considerable time. He hasn't been at his best. And it's a tournament for underdogs in Cordoba. Okay, that's brilliant. It's been a busy, busy show. Uh, remember, there's huge, lots more content. Uh, you can uh, subscribe to the Benning Weekly Studios on YouTube, where you get all the tennis content um, back. We've just, just done, I've recorded a show with Rory Girani looking at the WTA rule. He had a 25 to 1 semi finalist last week. He had each play, got beaten in the semi finalist. Very close to making the final. 
and we're looking at the tournaments in Abu Dhabi, and we're looking at the tournament. Where was the other tournament? I can't remember. I'm, I'm so much, so busy that I can't. I'm remember. the wrong person to ask about that. I can't remember where the other tournament was. I only spoke to him ten minutes ago. And I can't remember where the other <laughs> tournament was. Uh, no, it's in Abu Dhabi. One. Oh, tr- it's in um, Transylvania. So that that'll Is be it? something. Yeah, that'll be something to get your teeth into. Um, anyway, <laughs> the so Dracula Open. Yeah, Dracula Open. Uh, that that's on the YouTube channel. So make sure you subscribe. Loads of new subscribers in the last few uh, weeks. So fantastic amount of subscribers. Great views. Great feedback. If you've got a bet, anything you want to question, anything you want to ask, we'll put it on the comments there. If you agree with our selections, if you disagree, let us know. Let us know what you think. Uh, and also, there's going to be some great football con soccer content coming on as well with the Champions League returns. Uh, next week looking forward to that as well and you can also follow us on our socials at because we win on twitter and also at because we're on instagram and instagram is getting some new look feel to it at the moment lots of good stuff on there we're getting an exclusive exclusive content there so please give us a uh, follow on our instagram page and also you can download this podcast betting weekly game bet match on your preferred podcast provider sean it's been a month today i'm sure you're going to sit down analyze the football today i'm sure you're going to send an email to the manager and uh, let him know about your frustrations about playing Lakers as a holding midfielder. Sorry? It'll be a face-to-face chat, that will be. Oh, no emails. Well, there you go. So don't mess with um, the, the Calvins. The, the, uh, the Calvins when you play Lagan in midfield, the holding midfielder. But uh, anyway, I'm, I'm sure you're going to have a, a, that to sort out. Thanks very much for your time. Good luck with your best. Just give us your, just, what's your official picture, just your official ones that we're going to register here so that everyone knows the official plays. Um, I haven't got the prices on screen, but um, Zapata Morales. Yeah, plus um, 136, that one. To beat uh, Garin in The other one was Delien to beat uh, Saboth Wild also That's in. Plus 150. Cordoba. I think the other one was in Marseille, wasn't it? Yeah, Barrere. Yeah. Reguard Barrere to beat um, uh, Davidovic for Kina. Plus 118. Yeah, about 2.1, 2.2, something like yep. that, yeah. So they're our picks, uh, all outsiders. So looking for a good start, and they're looking for that trend to continue in Cordoba, where the outsiders win. There's some outrights as well, aren't there? Yeah, we've got the outrights. So we've got Rusevori in Marseille. We've gone for um, who was the other one in in Dallas? I can't remember the Dallas. Oh, one. Dominic Cockford oh, in Dallas. Yeah. Both, Both the rounds. One, you get those two. Okay, that's been the show. It's been a bit of a long one. Thanks very much for watching it. And uh, we'll be back again on Tuesday, looking at the matches uh, in these tournaments and on Wednesday as well. So Tuesday and Wednesday, myself and Michelle will be back looking at all the match betting on these three tournaments. Uh, Have a good day. Uh, Enjoy the rest of your weekend. And we'll speak to you again on Tuesday. Take care.